Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I believe God will anoint this message to speak to you today because we do have this promise in Isaiah 55:11. My word I will send out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. As you listen to this message, let the word of God penetrate your heart so it can accomplish all his will in your life. Enjoy this message. It's so good to be with you all, by the way, today. Here we are in 2024. I don't know about you, but for me, it's still strange. Every year that comes, and I'm sorry, but now I mark it to two, year 2000, Y2K. So every new year, I still remember back to Y2K how we just didn't know if life was going to exist, but we're still here. Systems are still working, and so it, it's now I got this new benchmark of, okay, 24 years, I'll, whatever it is, 24 years past Y2K, and we're still here. We thought it was going to be devastating. I remember friends buying all this water, getting stuff installed in your homes so you could have heat, and I mean, it was crazy. We did not know how it was going to look, but here we are 24 years later. So welcome to year 2024. I believe God is going to do some really great things, and I know everybody says this on the new year, but I, I, the word I'm going to speak to you today is going to talk about some of the things I think our focus is going to be on, which should have always been on, but I really believe God's going to give us some opportunities, increased opportunities to serve. And so you see there the title, it says, The Privilege of Serving. I want to share with you real quick before I get too far into this message. I'm one that looks at timelines and, and consider what God's doing, and I think things are unique. I was supposed to speak on the 24th, December 24th, but then we had decided to move that back. Pastor Eddie was going to do the one like he did last week. And then I, pastors came to me and said, hey, let's put you on uh, January 7th. And I said, okay, cool. The thing that's unique about that is... Ten years ago, in 2014, January 5th of 2014, I spoke the first message for that year. And it was a, here we are ten years later, it was a prophetic message. And it talked about perspective. Be careful how you see. And I won't go through that whole sermon, but I will tell you, if we get the, I was going to get the, uh, audio and play it for you because I believe a lot of the things that were spoken in that message we are still going through now and it was trying to encourage the church be careful how you allow your vision and your perspective to be slanted outside of what God wants you to see and um, so here we are 10 years later and I've got the first message for this year it just happens to be that way I really believe God wants us to focus on the privilege of serving. So, let's talk about this a little bit. One thing that I was, as I was even preparing for this word, he had me focus on the fact that God's people in 2024 will discover how to better serve others. And the thing that was pivotal in that is discover. We will discover 
how to better serve people. It's not like there hasn't been a need before. So when you discover something, it's not like you're creating something. You're uncovering it. Okay? Or you remove the cover. So there has always been a need for service. And I believe God's going to have us be intentional even more. If you say, hey, I've been intentional all this year, all these years I've been intentional in serving others, and that's great, but it's going to go to a greater level. The need is greater. But as we discover that takes work from an individual to do something, to be deliberate. You know, let me throw out some examples. And also, I, I, I have several things that I'm going to be doing today, and I'm mi always mindful. You know, I tell you, every time I get up, it's kind of hard. You, got, you don't only have a limited amount of time, and I want to make sure I get it all in. So just so you're ready, there is going to be some interaction again, with, like I did before with Minty. I like using that, and that's where I can get some survey feedback from you. Well, if you have your phones, that's great. And you're going to see at some point here an opportunity to go to Minty. But um, we're, we're not there. But I want you to know I have several pieces, several surveys where you'll be able to be involved. And I'm going to ask you to think with me and consider some things. But when I think of serving other people and discovering how can I serve some other people, uh, part of this was spurred on from last week. Pastor Eddie, he took some time and said, does anybody have something they want to share? And he took time and allowed people to say some things. And I was going to say something. I said, let's hold up. I don't want to make it. I want to be careful that I don't share something to make people down, feel down, or to be a downer. But I am going to share a piece of what I was thinking of last week. And again, this helps me... Um, as far as thinking about what I can do and ways that I can serve other people. So I believe it was like on hmm, maybe the 22nd of December. I was at home getting ready to wrap some presents. I've got some presents on the bed, and I do the wrapping because my wrapping's fabulous, if I must say so. No, please. <laughs> I really like to wrap it. Uh, matter of fact, when Joanne gave us a gift, I said, Joanne, did you wrap this? Because that was beautifully wrapped. But um, I really get into that. But anyway, I was looking on that bed, and I said, wow, my phone has not rang. I have not gotten a text. I'm not hearing, and I specifically said this, I'm not hearing about a child drowning in a pool. I said, praise God. I was so excited because in up, up to that point, in 2003, at least three children had drowned in a pool. Do you know the very next day, I got a text from my deputy director. She said, I hate to tell you this, we got a near infant fatality. And so she's let me know. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Kid from Columbus drowned, well, got in a pool was down visiting, got in a pool. And um, I was like, wow, this is just ridiculous. It was a near fatality. Then later on, I got the text, sorry, have to change that status. 
It was a fatality. And I just am so beat up, presence under the tree. My birthday's on Christmas, waiting for my mom to come, celebrating. I'm so excited about everything going on. But at the same time, God said, while you're celebrating, this is going to mark a devastating time for others. He said, be careful how you approach people. Your celebration is not necessarily their celebration. So he was telling me, be alert, listen. Because God will even speak to you and say, don't, don't, don't do that right now. Not with them. He'll tell you. I think we're going to have opportunities where we listen to God this year. And he's going to tell us, how can we be a service? Maybe it's just sitting there and being an ear. Maybe we could help someone who needs wisdom, godly wisdom. Maybe, like I just said, folks are dealing with loss, loss of life. Could be that someone just retired or feeling lonely. Kids moved away. We don't know what it is that people are dealing with. Sometimes it's helping our neighbor navigate difficult relationships. Or speaking words of encouragement. Do you know how easy it is to get wrapped up into speaking negative words? It's easy. It's, it's contagious. We do all this to protect ourselves from COVID and sickness and all this, but we don't do much to protect ourselves sometimes from those negative mindsets that cause us to speak. And next thing we know, we're wrapped up in speaking about the most negative things. So, I want to talk about serving others. You know, God does desire that his children be servants. He set up this whole system to replenish your resources based on the measure you serve. (laughs) Oh, goodness. It's true. So, let's look at Mark... 10. I'm going to go through some scriptures. There's several scriptures I'm going to touch on. There's scriptures that you're familiar with, but I'm going to lift off what God wants off the page, what God wants me to lift off the page. So in Mark 10, I'm going to look at verse 41 through 45, but before I get there, just to, to give you some understanding of this scripture we're looking at, and we've heard it before, but James and John, the sons of Zebedee, are asking Jesus that if they can sit on his right and left hand. They want to be in a certain place of, uh, of power, a place of authority along with Jesus, and they found an opportunity to ask him, hey, let me be on your right and let my brother be on your left so that we can rule with you. Now, it's funny. You know, sometimes people say that. You're not thinking about the people who are with you either. It's like, okay, well, maybe somebody else wanted to do that. No, you're just looking out for yourself. That's okay. But anyway, so everybody else heard that, and Jesus had to correct them and tell them, you don't know what you ask. You can't handle this cup. You know, you don't know what you're asking me. But then we pick up here in verse 41, and he says, And when the ten heard it, so Jesus corrected them, 
And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Let me make sure I'm using the, what version is that? Oh, okay, that's New King James. I'm using, um, yes, the same one. All right, verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise, their great ones, those who are supposed to be high in stature, exercise authority over them. Yet, contrast, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desire to be the first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Everything in that scripture right there says you have to have the right mindset if you're going to excel in God's kingdom. Talked about position, being first. Talked about, you know, being ahead, if you will. And he said, no, you got to be a servant. Couple things I want to lift off of this. Leaders, these are just three little bullets I took from that scripture that I want to share with you. And of course, you know how it is reading the word. There's other things that will be illuminated for you and you could come up with a, a whole different message on just the same scripture. But these are things God wanted me to highlight. Leaders in God's kingdom don't seek to dominate, but to strengthen the people. Remember he said, those other rulers or those people in high places, they lord it over the, uh, others. They make their authority known. <laughs> right? But in God's kingdom, you better come, if you're going to be a leader, you better come understanding that you are there to serve people, not to dominate. And you're there to strengthen people. Now, the thing about it, and you've heard, if you've heard me preach, which I assume you have, but there's a lot of times in my messages I come back to, because I'm fascinated by God's kingdom, in the fact that God's kingdom is self-sufficient, meaning it needs no connection to the exterior in order to operate. And what I mean by that is God has a way of replenishing his people all based on his own system. And I really see it as an infrastructure. And so God has put things in place that will cause us to prosper if we behave a certain way. So where the Lord says, no, if I'm a leader, I got to have people following me. People I can say, come and do that and go do that. And they go and get it done. I should have a driver. I should have someone who, now I'm not saying those things are bad. If you got it that way, great. But that's not what makes you a leader. That just makes you a person that got stuff and people. Okay? 
John Maxwell says it this way about our church. If your church removed, is removed from the city, this is how you can judge if your church is, is good. If your church is removed from the city, will you be missed? Does operation shift because of your absence? There's a lot of people who have a title of leader doing things, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're being a leader. They have a position. Second bullet I have here, I can't hang out too long on this, but greatness is measured on how many you serve. Right? I know I'm not telling you anything new, but any of us that think we have a choice, which I, I don't want to get too far ahead of my, my message, but it, later on as we go through this, we're going to see it's not only just the fact you have an opportunity to serve, you must serve if you're going to thrive. It's all about part of God's kingdom. So greatness is, not, uh, greatness is not measured, I'm sorry, greatness is measured by how many you serve. And that's not just in your church. That's not going and counting how many people are in your church. It's who are you taking time to make better, to strengthen, right? Third bullet. Position or status in the kingdom has nothing to do with titles, but one's willingness to serve all, right? I tell people this all the time. Actually, I've, I've got to talk to a, a, a master's in public administrations class here in, uh, in March at OU. And one of the things I ask when I'm talking to folks, and of course that's, that's a, a meeting focused on leadership, but one of the things I ask is, when did you start being a leader? Some say, I got my position, uh, I've been in my position two years. And I am so, I got a team of this many and this and da, da, da. And I'm like, no, when did you start being a leader? You're telling me when you got in your role. What do you mean? I've got people who lead us or any level of position. And it's not because of their position. It's because they saw a need and they went and served it. <laughs> they saw a problem and they became the answer. They saw someone who needed something, and they went and helped them. You know, when you look, if you study power, there's all kinds of different levels of power. There's a power that is informational. So I'm talking about people who have so-called power. Some people who have a lot of information, they might not have a title, but just because they have the information, they have a certain level of power. People go to them even though they're not the person they're supposed to go to. Why do you keep going to them? Because they have the answers. Right? There's people who have power because of position, but I'm talking about we being who God wants us to be and God exalting us to a place where we are able not to say I'm in a position, but where we have more influence and an ability to serve more people. Yeah. That's 
That's all God cares about. Not so you can put your name on a plaque. Not so you can be seen in the paper. Those things come with it. But he's wanting us to serve people. And the thing is, while God is giving us everything to serve people, because God knows what's going to happen if we do, the enemy also knows what happens if we serve people. He knows not only will those people we're serving benefit, but we will walk in prosperity, we'll walk in health, we'll walk in soundness of mind, depression will lessen, and the devil knows if we get outside of our problems, which helping other people gets you outside of your problems, <laughs> he knows if you do that, now you're out there serving other people, you're helping them, and it's like I said, God's system is self-sustaining, self-sufficient, right? You're banking, if you will, when you serve other people. You are banking. So that's why in this title, I didn't say understanding serving. I said the privilege of serving, because it is a privilege. When God gives you opportunities to serve someone, when he reminds you, have you called so-and-so lately? Have you gone and checked on them? Have you taken, they need something. Have you taken them groceries? And you do, you do it not, to, and you don't publicize it and say, hey, look what I did. Look what I did. No, it's, nobody has to know. You went and took them something. Or God said, I know you're trying to buy that new Xbox. And you're almost there, but you know what? I want you to take that $200 and take it over to sister so-and-so. Uh, God, I've been saving this. Do you know what happens when you do that? <laughs> it's so funny. I'm laughing right now because I just love it because the enemy can't hang with God. The enemy looks at the things we do, and in the natural, he's like, y'all stupid. Y'all so stupid. Why are you going and doing that? But God is saying, you don't know, devil. They've been praying to me and asking me to clear up that situation in their life. They've been asking me to make that situation right with their children. And here they took time to talk to someone else's child over here when they didn't have to. And she was thinking about having an abortion. And I just said, baby, do you know the, how much uh, life is precious? Do you know, why are you thinking about doing that? That's not your kid. Why are you talking to this kid? You know what? Because I hope somebody's talking to mine. And I told you, it's like a bank. I'm banking. I might need to make a withdrawal later. God's system is able, listen, I'm always fascinated. And I, I know I'm not going to get through this if I keep taking this much time. One of the most unique things, I, I, I'm one of those people that will pay attention to the smallest things. And something God has done that I think is amazing is when we get a cut on your hand, if you watch that thing heal, it starts to scab over. It goes through its whole process. It gets pussy. It starts to heal. It gets, starts to get that hard shell on it, that scar or that covering. I don't even know the medical termino terminology, but flow with me. Um, but anyway, that thing will be there. It won't itch or anything. When does that thing start itching? It starts itching when it's healed. The skin underneath has been restored. And in that process, you start itching, 
And that thing didn't itch before. It itches when it's time to come off. And you start doing that, and it's like, leave it alone. I said, no, no, let them do it because it's natural. And you knock that little thing off, and now the skin is discolored, but it's healed underneath. Now the sunlight hits it, and it starts to take on the pigment that it's supposed to, right? I'm fascinated by that because God did it. God set us up that way. He is awesome. So listen, we're going to go through here because I'm going to prove to you before I'm done, and I know I'm talking to the choir. You already know this. But I do want us to truly look in 2024 and find opportunities to be the answer, to be the servant, to be what we need to be. But that also means we need to clear our schedules. <laughs> I told you, it's discovering opportunities. That means we have to be intentional. The opportunities are there, but we got to uncover it. And that's what I think God wants us to do in 2024. So let me check something real quick. I wish I could get that not to, I don't have time to make it not go to sleep, but all right, we're almost there. Let's see. Um, let's, I'm going to go, I want to show you a survey. So you can switch over there, Matea. Thank you. All right, so before we get too far into this, on your phones, there's a spot. Uh, well, if you go to menti.com, so M-E-N-T-I.com, and when you're there, there's a code. I will tell you a code so you can plug it in, and then you'll answer some questions. But for right now, we're going to look at this screen. And I'm going to show you four pictures. And on that fourth picture, I want you to type in how it's making you feel seeing these different pictures. So let's hang out with this one for one moment. Here you have a man who's helping this boy that has no shoes. Notice the man doesn't have, he only has one pair of shoes and he's given his shoes to this young man. All right, go to the next one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got it right. <laughs> Hold on here. I'm like, uh, it's not moving. <laughs> This is a picture of a little girl who just got hearing aids in. And she's just now hearing for the very first time. Look at her face. <laughs> Precious. Here's another one. This is the little boy, same situation. So you can see the hearing aid in his right ear. Or actually he has one in his left as well, but... <clears throat> Look at his face. Hearing for the very first time, he's able to hear mama's voice. This here is the same type of thing we do, a Christmas giveaway. Children getting gifts that they might not have gotten had someone not intervened. Look at the face of the young lady who's working. She's not getting the gift. She's giving it. 
<laughs> Look at the people in the background. All right. Oops. Trying to tell this thing what to do. All right, now, the code, oh, you can't see that at all, but I'll tell you what the code is up there. If you're at minty.com, the code is 314258, I'm sorry, 25, wow, 2580, 314258. Two five eight zero. Are you finding it? And just go in there and answer. That gives you three. Put in some words there. You can put one or you can put multiple. But put some words in there to describe how you felt, how you were feeling after seeing those pictures. All right, are you putting things in? Okay, good. Grateful, heartwarming, humbled, happy, excited, blessed, encouraged, joyful, joyful, hopeful, emotional, joy. Philanthropic. Cool. Touched my heart. Now, the funny thing is, even seeing that creates chemical releases in your body. Just seeing that. But being the one to be involved, the release is even greater. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But you know what? In the midst of all those words being there, you already have other things happening in your life that you probably could put on and say disappointed, depressed, concerned, don't know how to answer. You know, you got all these other things going on. But really, in God's kingdom, we need to find the good to focus on, right? And that comes from service from serving other people. All right, good. So I'm, we can leave that, and uh, let's, let's leave that there for a moment. So I wanna share something with you, um, just as I was thinking about this. I'm gonna, we're gonna leave that up. If you wanna keep populating that, that's cool. But just look at that, how, how, just seeing those pictures, those were four pictures and how they made you feel. Now we could ask the other people receiving the help how it made them feel. But what happens when you are doing things, you're, you're sowing into something, and it's creating an environment of goodwill, of good feelings, right? Because we're going to uh, connect this to our purpose, what God wants us to do. And when we find our purpose, Actually, we were just talking about this in the back room and when we were praying. Um, uh, Joanne was talking about, and Ivy was talking about people finding jobs. 
Some people search for jobs and it's just, sometimes it's just about money. Sometimes it's uh, about, well, what seems to be prestigious. Uh, but Joanne made the comment, I think people should get a job, uh, a career in something that they really love because it's painful, it's difficult to go to work every day and not enjoy what you're doing, right? When you are in your purpose, everything lines up. Soundness of mind, health, wellness, all these things. And we're gonna show that as we go a little bit further. So I want to I talk to you about God's kingdom and the fact that it replenishes. And I, one of the things I was reminded of is the Samsung refrigerator we got. It has the dispenser, the water dispenser in it, but it also has a, a pitcher next to it that fills up automatically. So when we use that pitcher, we pour it out. We put, I mean, we could have got it all poured out and then we put it back in there, shut the door, and it does its thing. It fills the pitcher back up. So we can either use the dispenser or we can use the pitcher. And God was reminding me of that. And he said, that's my kingdom. I'm always looking for ways to replenish you, but if you don't pour nothing out, that refrigerator will not fill up that thing. It stops when it, oh, well, you're at a level. You ain't done nothing with the thing that's there. I know that's not good English. I said, ain't. You haven't done anything. No, anything. But seriously, that water level in that pitcher, if it does not get pour, if it doesn't uh, go down or if I don't pour it out, it doesn't fill it back up. And in God's kingdom, he wants you, he doesn't even want you thinking that you don't have enough. Because he's saying, just pour it out. Pour it out. Give it to them. Give it to somebody else. Why? Because i got a supply that's not going to end. Just pour it out. I'm going to fill it back up. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outserve God. And he's going to get it back to you. Listen here. Serving others takes time and special attention. The plan of the enemy is to keep you busy and overwhelmed. Has he been doing that? <laughs> he wants to keep you focused on your problem. He wants your problem right there. How are you going to do? I can't do that. I can't think of anything else. I can barely get up out of the bed. Why? Because this is here. I see this. I don't want to think about nothing. I don't want to look at your problem. I don't want to tell you I'm going to pray for you. I don't want to come and bring you groceries. I don't want to do nothing for somebody else right now. Why? Because I got this all in my face. And I'm entitled to deal with it. That is true. That's the enemy's plan. God had me write this down. Defeated people lack motivation to help others because they feel they have nothing to offer. Who am I going to tell her about her marriage? How am I going to tell her about getting this thing right? Well, my marriage ain't that great. How am I going to tell him to stop looking at pornography and try to show him in the right way to go? Shoot, I know I'm encouraged to go and do it myself. 
How am I going to tell them about this? My kid's acting a fool. I can't go and try to educate their kids. Defeated people don't think they have anything to offer. And so the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Right? That's his goal. Matthew 25, verse 40. Here, the king will answer, and the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now, there's a scripture, if you read the rest of that, and I'm try I only pulling out certain pieces because, like I said, I can get real long on this stuff. But basically, that, if you go further up in that scripture, it's the same one where they're, uh, well, when do we come and visit you? And, and when do we feed you? And when do we come and do, well, when do we, when Jesus is telling them how they need to behave and how they need to take care of people. And this scripture is saying, when you have done this, I'm trying to think how I want to say that. To my least favorite member, I don't know that Jesus has the least favorite member. But right there it says, <laughs> the least of my brethren, you've done it to me. And so how do we get to God? How do we touch God? It's great to be in here and worship. Yes, we want to worship. We want to pray. We want to seek God's face. But he wants us touching people. We're his hands, right? And if we get so heavenly minded that we forget there's real things going on. Sometimes I feel bad telling people I'm going to pray for them. It's good to pray for people, but sometimes God says, uh, don't you have some change? Can't you offer them a ride? I said that it makes me think of coming. Oh, I shouldn't even reveal. Y'all might say, he's heathen. He watched that movie a long time ago. But back in the day, before I got saved, evidently, uh, coming to America, there was a spot where the man's up there asking for some money. They're trying to raise money for a certain center. And said, uh, and we want, the, we want the offering that folds and not jingles. <laughs> but whatever it is, Stop and help somebody. I can't tell you how many times I've stopped, and I'm not saying this to put focus on me, but I will say it's in my nature. Even if I was a heathen, I believe if I was unsaved, it still would be in my nature. So sometimes we have things that's in our nature. Other times we have to have things where God caused it. God changed me to where I'm that way. But I will tell you, Otis Crockren, before he learned who Jesus Christ was, I was one who would give the shirt off my back. Okay, so yeah, maybe it's easier for me to do these things. But it's nothing for me to pull off and help somebody, put, get, change the tire, see somebody who slipped and stop and get them. That's just in me. That's in my DNA. But it's in God's DNA. Right? And that's what we should be doing. So we got to get beyond being defeated. Even if you think you're defeated in areas, you still have something to offer. Who knows when you... Ch 
You, there's people, and there's, I would say even the majority of us, we don't discover that we're winners until we put ourselves in a place where we had to help someone else win. We bump into stuff and find out, oh, I'm good at that. I can help in that area. I just did something. And what happens, it's just like I was telling you about our body. When you get a cut and God has timing in it, and when it starts to itch, you take that thing, you scratch, and then next thing you know, you've gone through a healing process. Or when you get sick and your body says, you're shutting down. You don't get to choose. Your body says, you're going to sleep for two days. You didn't choose that. Your body knew what it had to do. Now, that is the coding that God put into your body so it will operate. People will tell you about babies. When the baby starts crying, automatically the mom starts, you know, lactating. And wonder, oh, shoot, I hope I wore the right type of shirt. I hear a baby crying. It ain't even my baby. God puts stuff in us to operate a certain way. All right, so let's do another Minty here. You can switch it back. Thank you. Now, I was doing some research and talking about barriers or obstacles or barriers to serving others. What are some of them? Oh man, that, you guys can't see that, can you? It's too small. All right, but on your device, you, will see, you should be able to see it on your app. I'm gonna tell you, oh, some folks already went in. See, some folks already went ahead and filled it out. But basically, what are the barriers to serving? I only put four up there. But had a bad experience last time, so I don't do it anymore. Not enough time to get involved. Waiting for the perfect situation. Don't feel I have anything to offer. That's just four of them. There's all kinds of other reasons. So right now, let's see, it looks like 11 people have responded, 13, 16, 17, and right now in the lead, not enough time to get involved, and exactly, that's what I would expect to be the highest. Don't feel I have anything to offer is second. Third, waiting for the perfect situation. What does that look like? <laughs> that's right. There is no perfect situation. Listen, the enemy is so good as setting you up. I'm telling you, there's times I want to talk to my son about things. And I'll say, you know, let's not do it. We're, we're having a good time. Um, you'll have the opportunity to tell him about that. <clears throat> He's feeling so good right now, and we barely get some of the family time. Let's, let's just chill. It's waiting for the, well, that time never comes. I'm going to have to say, look, we're sitting down, we're talking. Right? Waiting for the perfect scenario will not happen. That's the plan of the enemy. Let's not do that right now. 
there's other things we need to accomplish. Um, uh, you, you know, you said you were going to write that report, and you don't have time to go over there and help them. You don't have time to go over there and help them build that ramp. You don't have time to go and help her paint that room. You don't have time to go and help them uh, uh, pick up that item that they can't get themselves. You know, at Children's Services, of course, I deal with a lot of adoptions. But I really believe, and, and I, I, haven't done, I haven't been as good at this uh, over the last few years, but I used to talk about folks in nursing homes, they need to adopt a grandkid, meaning you. Or really, we need to ad adopt a grandparent. Because when their kids stop coming to visit, and nobody's coming to visit them, they're sitting there, and they don't have people bringing them stuff. They don't have people coming and talking to them. We got to make, be intentional and discover, how can I make somebody else's life better? How can I strengthen them? And so we got to take the time, which we don't have a lot of. That's why I said we're going to have to clear our schedules. We got to be intentional. Amen? All right. What's in your way? Those things, and I'm sure we could have many more. Let me tell you something, though. When you had a bad experience last time, that could have been because of someone else, it could have been because of lack of preparation. Maybe you tried to help it in there. Listen, I'm not going to give you advice as if I'm a nurse when I don't know nothing about that. I'm going to help out in those areas I'm able to help. Or else I've set myself up for a failure, and people who fail don't think they can help other people. Right? So you got to set yourself up to have some successes. Take your strengths and go and share them and help other people. You can, um, you can go off of this for a moment. Thank you. All right, so um, in Ephesians 6, 5 through 8, I just want to read this here to you. Ephesians 6, verse 5 through 8, bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. I'm going to stop there for a moment. It's funny. You, you put Christ in it and say, oh, I'm going to do my best over here. Uh, this thing that is over in the world, your job, we act like we can act any old way we want. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not church, though. Uh, you do church. Everywhere you go, you represent God. Yeah. So it says, do it as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, okay? Stuff that looks good, stuff that looks glit like it glitter. My dad used to tell me, son, if it looks all puffed up and if it glitters, it's cheap. And tell you the truth, he was telling me about girls I choose. <laughs> he wasn't talking about stuff I buy. He was talking, if they have to do all that and they did, you know. <clears throat> Now, don't get me wrong, he wasn't saying they should look all tore up, but he was trying to address, there were some girls who were throwing themselves at me at that time. 
that's back when I was still had a six pack. I was like 16 and I was just, oh, for the day. Somebody, when the Lord comes back, I'm going to have my hair and I'm going to have my six pack back. Um, no. <laughs> no, but seriously, he was trying to tell me all that stuff that glitters and everything and it looks like it's, it's costly. Leave it alone. It's not. And here he's saying, don't do, not do, don't do it as being a man pleaser or something that is eye candy. But as bond servants to Christ, now the, doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So even while you're serving men... Transplant men with serving Christ, serving God. So when you're helping your neighbor, see that you're touching God. I'll come back to that in a moment. Verse 8, knowing that whatever, God, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Whether he is slave or free, whether you're bound or free, how, whatever you did, you will receive the same. So remember, I said it's like a bank. You're, you're, you're banking. We're not doing good so we can get good. It's in our nature. It's a part of our purpose. You, it's a part of our DNA. If it wasn't naturally a part of your DNA, it's a part of your DNA when you became Christ. He lives in you, and his desire is to answer, pray, uh, answer prayers, answer problems, solve things, get things done. That's his nature. So trust me, while you're helping people, and he says, yes, that looks like me, there's something happening in your body. There's something happening in your mind. Now, I was asking this question, uh, sometimes I get shocked, because there's video out there that we have, and I'm always shocked when people show these video. People who get into the healthcare profession, they don't do it because they're get, looking to get rich. Okay? You don't. When you're working in a nursing home, you're not doing that because it's just a job. At least that's not your original, that's not what set you out on that road. But I am shocked when I see video of people hitting an elderly person, pushing them down in the bed, handling them harshly. Because I'm like, you're in the service industry and you're acting that way. What has happened? Well, workforce, not enough people. After a while, you realize you're not getting paid enough. People are difficult, the people you serve. Now, keeping that in mind, I'm telling you to help people be an answer, serve people, but not everybody wants to be served. Not everyone knows they need to be served. And sometimes they're difficult. That could have been one of the barriers. Could have been, they're nasty. I don't like them. Those are some of the other ones. <laughs> I don't like those folks. But the truth is, in spite of our reason, God says do it, not just so you will benefit that person who's receiving from you, but because it does something for you too. And we just heard that in that scripture there. Knowing that whatever good 
anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's slave or free. So I, I said, you know what, let me look at some things here. I want to look at some, uh, some research. And so you could go to the next slide. So I went and looked up this, this certain article. There was a lot to choose from, but um, I decided to pick this one. The Psychological Benefit of Giving Back. The mind-body connection. And so here, I'm, before I read that piece to you, this is from an article that I uh, pulled up. And in the article, it says, the healthcare industry, giving back to others, goes beyond the mere act of providing medical care. Engaging in service-oriented work triggers a profound psychological response in healthcare professionals. Then here you see it says, numerous studies have shown that altruistic acts such as caring for others can positively influence mental health. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm struggling because as I'm reading these truths, I, I am, I'm connected to how much we need uh, more mental health services. And just the fact that we need more services is troubling. I'm not saying that it's wrong. Yes, there's mental health issues that have to be addressed. But I believe there have been less outlets for people to serve others. Our culture has changed. Our culture has changed, and I believe it has affected who we are as a society. that we'd rather video someone being beat up, we'd rather video someone falling. Listen, if I saw somebody falling, I don't have time to videotape it. If I see someone harming someone, I'm not videotaping, I'm going and dealing. I'm just telling you, I might get hurt, but I'm gonna be throwing some hands, just to be honest. <laughs> but our society has shifted, okay? And so it's like, okay, I don't have time to go and help that person. I'm not going to pull over. I'm not saying we don't have a reason, but there's things people do that makes, that makes us concerned. My daughter wants to give everybody with a sign money. And I love that in her heart, but I have to tell her, I, I've seen people use that system wrong. So I really do listen. God, where am I supposed to help? You know, I want to make sure I'm right. But bottom line is, it can positively influence your mental health. When you serve others, the brain releases neurochemicals like oxyt oxytocin, and if I said that wrong, help me later, and endorphins, commonly known as feel-good hormones, right? We know this. When you're helping people, there is something that happens in your body. And you feel good. We saw the, the face of the young lady with the packages given up. This just, oh, I just feel good. I, I, this feels right. These chemicals promote feelings of happiness, reduce stress, and enhance overall well-being. Serving others also fosters a sense of, and understand, this is not a, a, a religious organization, okay? This is healthcare. Serving others also fosters a sense of purpose and fulfillment, instilling a profound sense of pride and self-worth. Now, 
in the, in the healthcare professionals. Now, the reason I, I really wanted to pull out that uh, sense of uh, purpose, sense of purpose and fulfillment, like I said before, it is in our DNA, it's in God's DNA for us to serve people. And so our purpose is in doing good works, right? If the enemy can keep you away from that, he can keep you from minimizing stress, enhancing overall well-being. So what does he want to do? He wants to make you busy. And so just like we saw up there, number one was, I don't have enough time to help people. I'm not saying you don't help people, but that is the, trust me, it's the same for me. I've got such a busy schedule. I have to lighten up my schedule. Why? Because I want to go over there and I want to serve. I, I want to do more things. I'm in different organizations, and every time we do something, we're handing out over 100 turkeys, the rotary. I'm in the rotary. We handed out 100 turkeys. We're all there working together, helping people. And, you know, as we were doing that, you would think we were all getting high together. <laughs> right, just not on drugs. We were getting high, just not on drugs. We felt good. It was almost like we wanted to kumbaya. We wanted to, people laugh at that. But guess what? That's the kingdom of God. Right? All right, we could go to the next slide because I'm running out of time. Here's another one I pulled up. This project helping uh, volunteering and mental wellness, this research. So I just wanted to pull out some of these percentages that they talked about here. So here we see number one, it's 25% of volunteers say that volunteering has helped them manage a chronic illness such as depression. That's a low percentage, but it, it is it's still pretty strong when you think that that is helpful in that area, okay? 94% People who volunteer say volunteering improves their mood. <laughs> when our kids were younger, we found opportunities for them to serve the community because we wanted them to get their focus off of them so much. What'd you get me? <laughs> Is this it? Is there anything else? Can I have? What are you doing for others? That's what we would tell them. Because if we can get them to understand early, you need to be servants. You need to serve other people. It'll help you not be depressed. It'll help your mood. 76% of people who volunteer say that volunteering has made them feel healthier. You do know when you're depressed, when you're down, and when you're feeling sad, most of us eat. I must feel sad a lot. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <clears throat> but serious, it's all connected. Even, and this isn't in this study, but I was up at uh, um, Ohio Start is a program that we have. Uh, uh, Athens was one of the first counties out of 17, with 17 counties, the first county that got into Ohio Start. 
and it's to deal with uh, sobriety treatment and reducing trauma. And so we went up to Ohio State and we heard this, this uh, professor, this doctor from Ohio State. I had not thought about this, but he talked about people trying to um, get over drug addiction, really encourage them to work out. Because as they work out, they are attaching, well, they're creating good habits, but also they're causing things to happen within their body that will counter the drug addiction. It's amazing how all of this works together. God tells us to take care of our temple. These things that the world has studied and tells us, God already told us in the word. Right? 96% of volunteers say that throwing, uh, I'm sorry, that volunteering enriches their sense of purpose. When we don't have purpose, we lose hope. 95% of volunteers say they are uh, helping to make, the, uh, says that they are helping to make the community a better place. They know this. 80% of people who volunteer say they feel they have control over their mental health and depression. 80%. Does that mean you can reduce some of the medication you're having? Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not one who's anti-medication, but um, at the same time, if there's some other way to uh, lessen the amount that you have to take, great. 78% of volunteers say that volunteering lowers their stress level. There's tons of reports out there about this stuff. And I just pulled out just, those are just two articles, okay? They're talking about things the Bible tells us. The Bible talks about calling things uh, that be not as though they were. Don't focus on the current. Focus on what God said. As you serve, it talks about uh, give and it shall be given, pressed down, good measure, shaken over, uh, running over. Shall men give back to you, right? I know I missed one of those. The Bible, God knew. He's our architect. Everything he wanted us to have, he's placed in us and he's given us ways to conquer, ways to be blessed, ways to be well in our, in our minds, in our bodies, in our purpose, driven in our careers, whatever that is. I saw, and I'm almost done here, I saw a, uh, oh, actually, I do have one more minty to go through, but I saw in, uh, uh, there was a post that I was looking at, and it said, nobody will, in 20 years, nobody will remember how many hours you worked over. But your kids will. That hit me. Stop and invest time in these kids. If you see children here who don't have a daddy, become a daddy. Get mom's per uh, permission. <laughs> but seriously. We have got to invest in our people, and not just our people here, in our communities. Amen?
All right, so one last mentee I want to do with you, and then we will be done. It's funny. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. It's like saying the Internet. You know, the Internet. But um, let's just say survey, okay, Otis? So this is just the last one. Oh, did that stay up there? Oh, did, did somebody move? <laughs> y'all are wearing me out. I'm going to have to find how to lock down the next survey because <laughs> y'all got to it before I was ready. All right, so you like the picture of Ivy up there doing the, the uh, Upward, speaking to the kids at Upward? Here, it's just saying what acts of service, it can be at Bethel or it can be personal, that increase your self-wellness, whatever area. You know, you might have an area that just doing this makes me feel so good. Some people write cards and send out cards to families. Whatever that area is, you can put it up here. Hopefully you can see that. It's not as dark. I was hoping that was going to be darker. But support kids, uh, school stuff. Create uh, artistic, oh, creative artistic. Uh, help my kids and family, evangelize, encouraging others, prayer, worship, purpose, baking. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Um, I'll take some of that. No. <laughs> teaching others. You know what? I'm going to tell you that teaching others is, is one for me. When I help other people, looking at the excitement on their face and knowing that I just helped enlighten them, it does something for me. I mean, I feel like I'm charged. I'm charged, you know? And so it's really awesome to be able to help other people because we're helping God's kingdom. That's what he meant for it to be. Um, I can't see what this is. Huh. I can't tell if that says counsel or console, um, compassion, teaching, marketplace, oh, yeah, singing. <clears throat> Interaction, helping. So I just really wanted to take time to see what, what, you, what your feedback would be. Next time I gotta make sure those are larger so you can really see that. But I want you to, in 2024, just really be encouraged to dig deeper, listen to God, because he's going to show you some opportunities to really stop and be there for someone. Um, we hear about people who are in the hospital without overly bombarding folks. See if you can stop in and love on them. <clears throat> you know, reason I say that is because you can show up and there's some people, when I would go to visit Deb, I would always worry, Deb is going to try to start fixing herself up. She's going to try to fix the room up. Oh, I'm sorry. And I don't want people to be doing that. I'm just here to be here to say I love you. And is there anything I can do? But some people have that hospitality. That even while they're sick, they're going, oh, let me get up and help you. No. That's not why I'm here. So anyway, um, really take every opportunity to do 
the things God wants you to do. Remember what I'm telling you. I believe he's going to start showing us more and more opportunities to help people, even outside of our region. Okay? So when you see it come, clear your schedule and invest your time. Amen? Father God, we just thank you for this word today. I thank you for everyone that's here, everyone that listened uh, uh, over the live stream, Father God. I thank you. We're going to be pro prosperous in what you have for us to do. I know it's not going to be easy. I know we're going to have obstacles. But Father God, I thank you. You've given us all the tools. So help us to operate in you, Father God, and help us to be your extension to people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.